Hello and welcome to another episode of the Childhood Evolved podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Alex. This show is all about continuing to evolve the state of childhood forward. It wasn't that long ago in our history that childhood itself wasn't even acknowledged to exist as a unique and protected stage. The state of childhood has continued to evolve forward because people pushed it forward. It didn't happen by accident. People advocated for children and wouldn't give up. And so my name is Alex and I'm a preschool teacher. And I found that throughout my work, I've had a lot of questions bouncing around my mind. And instead of coming up with a bunch of answers, I've come up with often more questions. And to me, that's kind of how wisdom works and is developed by questioning yourself and making less assumptions. And so my role here is really to start a conversation because there's a lot of experts out there and there's so much information available in 2019 to guide your process of working with children, whether you're a parent, teacher, or policymaker. And so my role in this show is really just to point things out, bring things to light, spark conversations, because as an expert myself, I have a ton of opinions and theories about all these topics. But most of all, what I think is that you need the motivation to think these things through for yourself. And so arming parents, teachers, policymakers, whoever, arming you guys with tools and information to kind of come up with your own theories and your own practice with children is really what this show is all about. So something that's been on my mind lately is the topic of control when working with young children. And really, this is always on my mind. It's on the mind of all teachers at some level and parents and everyone that works with children because it's such a central and core issue in our work. It can be really hard to stop and ask ourselves, do I really need this much control in this moment and in this interaction? And if so, why? What is this really all about? I found that Food is an area that this comes up with a lot, so it's a great kind of example to get into this work. So for years as a preschool teacher, my only real experience with children eating was to supervise them at lunchtime and at snack time. So they'd have a certain amount of time to eat, usually 40 minutes, give or take, for lunch. And my job was really to make sure they were sitting down, being safe, not shoving too much food in their mouth, and watching the clock, because if they're playing and talking with friends a little bit too much, they might run out of time without even realizing that it's coming up. So just given those five more minutes, ten more minutes, those kind of reminders, and just little things like not sharing food because there are allergy issues. But that's really it. How much or how little they, they ate was never a concern of mine. just wasn't something I really thought about. And I didn't have to worry about what they ate because the parents would pack it. And so I had a deep respect for the culture of each family, and it really would bug me if other people would kind of judge what was in each child's lunchbox, because every family's different. They have a different income level, different culture and belief system, and it's really, I never considered that it was my job or role to kind of judge that or have an opinion on what's in their lunch. And I also had a deep respect for children. And I remember being a kid and, you know, you're hungry and you can't really eat because it's not time to eat, or now it is dinner time and you, you're told you have to eat or you have to clear your plate, things like that. I remember all those things as a kid. And so what I've always known, what I've always believed about children is that they'll eat when they need to. They'll satisfy their hunger. I've always trusted that they know their bodies best, and I don't try to interfere. It just hasn't really occurred to me to do this around food. But this philosophy often comes up with things like children wearing jackets. 
because I've always allowed children a lot of freedom in how they want to dress when we're going outside. And it always bothered me when adults would kind of make an assumption that, oh, it's cold out, it's a certain temperature, so they need to put a jacket on, or they need to wear shoes on when they're in the sandbox. And just because I'm an adult, I know best. Really, what I believe is children know their own temperature, and as long as you make sure the jacket or the shoes are available, let them be. Let them regulate their own body temperature. And part of this is based on myths, you know, like this myth that you're going to get sick when it's cold out. And that's something that was disproved a long, long time ago. And it's something that I think can make us look a little bit silly, especially when we're talking with people who are doctors or researchers who know these things. Like being cold doesn't make you sick. And so I've always had kind of a hands-off attitude on children deciding what they want to wear or don't want to wear when we're outside. And so food has always been really similar to me. Really, it just never occurred to me to try to take more control in this area of food. And that all changed one day when I took on a little bit of side work as a nanny. And all of a sudden, I was responsible for mealtime with the child. And it was really important to the parents that the child ate enough food, whatever the word enough means. I don't know. So there was a lot of cajoling and rewarding and pleading and all of this behavior around food and, and trying to control the process of how much the child ate and what they were eating and things like that. And so all of a sudden there's this new stress for me, a pressure to have to kind of monitor all this and to somehow feel responsible for how much the child is eating. But really, if we're honest, like we can't control how much another person eats. It just isn't in your control. You can't make someone eat. And to kind of convince yourself otherwise really is an illusion to me. And so at the same time that I was kind of learning about this, I was given a really good book to read by a friend of mine called Child of Mine. That's the name of the book, and I'll link it in the show notes. And I started reading through this book, and it really advocated a really different philosophy. And to kind of sum that up really, really simply, it said that the what and the when of eating is up to the adult. So what the child eats and when the mealtime or snack time is, that's what's up to you to control. But whether or not to eat and how much was up to the child. And it was so simple and I just loved it so much. And it, it took me back to my own childhood and my own experience in preschool teaching. And it just really fit well with my overall philosophy of respecting children and allowing them autonomy within boundaries. You I mean you pick the mealtime or you pick the snack time. So the child isn't just going along grazing all day or eating whatever. And you're choosing which ingredients to put on the plate. And so if you put down, let's say, chicken and mashed potatoes and a little bit of bread, what this book was saying was you're you're the one that's responsible for providing healthy, nutritious items. So if the child just wants to eat the mashed potatoes and the bread and doesn't want the chicken, that's their choice. That's something that's under their control that you don't need to bother with. And if you're now asking yourself, no, they only ate starch or carbs or whatever the case may be. Now that's on you as the adult to reflect on why you're serving those items if you don't really think that they're healthy and nutritious. So although I only did that nanny work for a really short period of time, it really stuck with me. And reading through that book really stuck with me as well. And another thing that I've had experience with over the years is I've had different friends or staff members or whoever kind of share wisdom with me that they learned through learning about eating disorders and all of the really negative things that can happen. And adults can unconsciously or subconsciously give these messages to children without even realizing it, like rewarding them for eating a lot or encouraging them to eat more when they are resistant to it. 
is really maybe sending the message that they shouldn't trust their body and their own feelings and that they should have someone else telling them when they're hungry or when they're not hungry or, or having someone else tell them how to feel really. And so if you reflect on the messages that are underneath what you're saying, you might be surprised at, at what's there. And so all of that really stuck with me and has kind of rattled around in my head over the years. And it relates to me in this bigger topic of control and, and how much to give children and how much to kind of say for yourself. And I have to say, I've really seen this divide in programs which encourage a lot of these self-help skills from children. You hear children are capable a lot in preschool. It's a very popular thing to say and to hear. And children are given often as little help as possible in things like putting on their shoes or their clothes, going to the bathroom and eating. And we call that scaffolding. We don't give them more help than we need because we want them to develop autonomy and independence. And certainly I'm not knocking that philosophy. It's great. It helps children feel powerful in their own environment. And it's a great balancing point, I think, to providing the limits. Because limits and boundaries help children feel safe and contained. And then within that structure that you provide as the adult, the self-help and this autonomy helps them feel really powerful and independent within that setting. So when children are pouring their own water glasses or setting up their own bed, they feel like, hey, this is my environment. This is my school or my home or whatever. And I got this. Like I can do what I need to do to get through the day here. And I'm powerful. And so the issue that I have with all of this often crops up when the adults get uncomfortable with the with these independent kids that they've helped create. Because when it comes to the less exciting self-help tasks, it's all about children can do it for themselves. Food, bathroom, all of that. But when it comes to fun stuff like choosing what kind of food or snacks to eat or when to wear a jacket or when to take out messy art items or water, it's like all of a sudden the entire philosophy shifts and changes. Now, the adults have to swoop in and suddenly control everything. I mean, for example, I remember one teacher who was really resistant to the idea of children going to the sink and getting their own water to fill up their bucket to play with in the sand. And I know the same teacher really wouldn't be caught dead filling water glass for children at lunch to drink from. That would be so far out of their philosophy, and it really just wouldn't happen. But all of a sudden, when we're at the sandbox instead of the lunch table, and it's something fun and something messy the child wants to do, now all of a sudden all the decisions have to go through a teacher, and I'll be the one to fill the water bucket up and, and tightly control it and make sure we're not wasting water and make sure there's not too big of a mess or anything like that really can't be too judgmental with this because I know that it's hard to give up control as a teacher, especially when you have a large group of children. So if I allow children to decide when they're going to get wet and messy in the sandbox, now I'm responsible for making sure they're clean and dry on time when we have to go in for a nap or when their parents are going to pick up or whatever the case may be. Because the children don't really care if they're clean or dry and they don't have the foresight to plan ahead for all that. But the parents may come in and really be in a hurry to pick their kid up. And here in L.A., there, there's nowhere to park, so their car may be in a meter or something, and they got to go. So it's so much easier for me to just say, you know what, we're not going to do water, or I'm going to be the one to hold the hose or decide where the water goes and how much and all of that. But I have that internal kind of sense of dissonance because I know it's not really my philosophy. It's just easier to do it this way. I remember one boy that just really liked to hold that hose and to be the one to control the water. Because control is, is fun and it's powerful. And so he would spray the plants, spray the sand, maybe spray the other kids. And who knows, maybe they wanted to get wet, maybe they didn't. And so giving him the hose was a really valuable learning experience for him, especially when it comes to where is it safe to put water? Where are you going to create a big mess that you have to now clean, you being the child? 
If you spray this child, they're happy, they're smiling. But if you spray the one next to him, they're sad and they're crying. And so the social skill of, of reading their facial cues and body language and listening to their words, that's a lot of work for a child to learn all of that. And so it's a really valuable experience for social emotional learning and for learning about creating messes, cleaning them up, all of that. It's a really good thing to do, but it might be a lot of work. You might all of a sudden have a whole bunch of really wet kids that you need to send inside and the teacher that's inside working in the bathroom has six kids to change and they're maybe not too happy about that or maybe there's not enough staff to even work on all of that. And so that's really my message for today. There's not ever a right or a wrong answer in the moment, but I think it's a challenge to just think and reflect and ask yourself, do I really need so much control in this moment? And really ask yourself why. Because you may need that control. You may need it in this moment, and you may have a really good reason for it. And so for me, it's really more about being aware of that process and that internal dialogue and not just being unconscious about it. Because I find that when we're just unconscious about it, we just revert to being more controlling because it's easier and it looks clean and it looks neat and we get through the day, but it may not be the optimal way to help children develop in that moment. So that's pretty much it for today, and I will see you next time. Thanks.